On today's show, we're going to talk about everything from last night's WNBA draft lottery, including the Indiana Fever, who won the Aaliyah Boston sweepstakes, earning the first number one draft selection in team history. Locked Women's Basketball starts now. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, you're all women's basketball. My name is Hunter Cruz, and I'm the Saturday host coming to the WBA draft and college basketball at large. Thanks for making Locked Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And remember, Locked Women's Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm joined by my co host, Joshua Wilts. Joshua is a women's basketball content creator and can be found at ENFP underscore hoops on Twitter. We also have a special guest in Mark Schindler of WBA.com, but the man is pretty much everywhere in basketball media. His Twitter handle is MG underscore Schindler. Okay, guys. Let's start with like the draft order. So, like I said, we have Indiana at one, Minnesota at two. Then we have Atlanta and Washington. So three of the teams were also in the lottery last year. We just have Minnesota this year inserted to the lottery. So same same young teams we're kind of working with, same teams building from the ground up, basically. So let's kind of get into what this with means. With the inception of the, the Mystics, they, that deal with Atlanta really yeah. helps them getting two lottery picks in a row, and they're a team that's pretty close to contending. So Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the other an exception. So I'll give it to you, Mark. What do you think this means for Indiana having a Nalissa Smith and Nalissa Smith and Aaliyah Boston front court, which is kind of special uh, for their franchise going forward? What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I I love it um, mainly just because, like, I I wrote in my kind of lottery preview earlier this week that I just think the biggest thing that they need is more talent, um, which that's you know. Duh, no, no, no crap. Indiana needs more talent. I think they're in a really interesting place just because, um, especially with how good Queen Egbo looked at times last year too. Like she still is very raw offensively, needs to figure things out. I do think that there's some interesting stuff where, like, I know Nalissa played the three at times in, in college too, and um, so there's stuff that they could do that could be really interesting with just being funky in their front court. Uh, they don't really, by virtue of how much cap space they have this off season too, without having a ton of roster spots, I think that they could get really interesting with what they do there as well but mainly it's just like I think this is pretty clear you want to draft Aaliyah Boston here um she is the best player in the draft I think uh obviously things can change over time but just based on where we're at now I think it's it's pretty pretty solidified there and yeah and you even, even so- oh, sorry. oh you're fine you're fine yeah you're fine Oh, you brought up a, a little bit of like how the Fever front court looks already. Like I've been bringing this up with others, but do you feel like the Fever keep everyone from their draft hall last season? Like I, I also like Emily Inksler. I thought uh, she brings a lot to the table. Uh, Alyssa Smith, obviously, Queen Egbo was better than expected. Do you think they roll with all four and like you said, get a little funky, or do they potentially make a deal for uh, one of those other three players from last season? I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I That's something I've tried to think about as well because I I don't want to say that Aaliyah is not going number one because it feels like – I mean, I feel like she should. Um, but I also 
we know just to, I mean Lynn Dunn took Queen Egbo six overall last year. I mean uh, Queen so Queen tenth took Lexi Hall six yep. overall. I think neither of those picks were really expected. Um, nope. At least based on how you know everything went on my timeline, uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if she she gets funky here. For all, I mean, I would be sh- shocked if they make a trade. But in terms of, I mean, Lynn is very much seems like the kind of person who's like, I'm just going to go get who I think makes the most sense for this team. Maybe she thinks it's Haley Jones, and I, I mean, I think that we can we can pick that apart and look at that differently, but. Based on what this team is, if they really believe in Queen being the longtime five on the team, um, and like you mentioned, what Emily and, and Nelissa bring together, like not to just like go on an entire ramp, like I feel like what Nelissa Smith did last year was kind of lost um, in the mm-hmm. shuffle in terms of what we talked about, like partially because Shakira and, and Ryan look like both generational talents in terms of what they're doing. I mean, Nelissa's, there are not a lot of players who have been able to do what she does at her size with her skill set and versatility and um this this, i'm just very interested to see where they go because part of what is so interesting about where the fever at is that they can go any number of ways not that i necessarily agree in every way that they might go but um they have a lot of things that they can do which is what makes it really interesting and yeah, like like you said, there with like Indiana, like my my main thing with them is not just one court. Like they they were last in attendance last year, so bringing in Aaliyah Boston would be big. They're big for their franchise, just beyond having a dominant center that can play like play inside, but also is a good weak side rim protector that they kind of need. I just think like they they might just be like forced into making that selection just because their team is so desperate to get more attendance. Because like I just think that that's big for them and. Being at the bottom in attendance is not exactly what you wanted for the WBA, so I think that's probably big. And even like even with Haley Jones, I don't know how that fit even like works because like there's probably a little bit more overlap with her and Melissa compared to Shakira. I mean, compared to I don't know why I keep saying Shakira, Shakira for for Aaliyah. So just yeah, there's just a lot of overlap there. But yeah. I think Aaliyah Boston and Melissa Smith just a good a good four five tandem. Uh, so just some versatility there. I think Melissa was t- took a step as a shooter from where she was in college. Uh, taking more attempts, so that's it's gonna be fun for sure. Yeah. Now, when another thing that hurt Melissa not getting more attention was she got injured early in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like as as far as the draft, uh, I I think you just have to pick the best player, and I I think Boston is hands down the number one overall player. And uh, like the Mystics got someone amazing last year in Shakira Austin, but. Um, in the end, it ended up hurting them. Like at the end of the season, they brought the same thing that hurt them in the prior one on. They needed another jump shooter, and Ryan Howard was there at number one. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I would rather uh, get funky, like Mark said, and get the best player in the draft and uh, potentially change the trajectory of your team than take a risk uh, with someone else on the, the draft board. I just don't see anybody else that would outweigh Boston's uh, impact. Um, when she's brought on a team. So we can get into Minnesota at number two. So Minnesota, they're probably looking to add another player to build their team around because they lost Sylvia Fowles. That's a big loss for them. So I don't know how they're going to go about getting a center because like, I don't think Elizabeth Kitley is like in the mix here. So I, what do you think, Mark, on just like how they should balance going best player available versus like uh, – fit it's it's, it's gonna be tough for them for sure yeah they're in an they're in an interesting spot um part of what i 
I mean, most importantly, I think the biggest thing to look at is like Nafisa Kalia is awesome when she's when she's right, and she's going to be back to who she. I, I would imagine she's going to be back to who she's been now, coming off of you know giving birth last season. Um, she had flashes of like getting back to the player she was. Clearly, her conditioning wasn't quite there, but I think again, just important to remember, she's like an she's an all W talent when she's when she's there. Um, she's incredibly versatile. A lot's going to depend. Like her jump shot was kind of off for stretches um in 2021 but like when she has her whole game going there just aren't a lot of players in the w like her she's really talented defensively um i think to me i'm just very interested to see what this roster looks like next year because i think there were some things that cheryl reeve said that made me think that there could be some changes on the horizon um you know based i think she had some quotes along the lines of like you know a lot of players weren't like bought in necessarily to what they were we're trying to do or didn't understand how to work hard and like granted like Cheryl has quotes like that kind of often that's her style like it's not what my style would be um no <laughs> but I I mean I do think that there's a chance this roster changes uh part of what's interesting like do they bring Mariah Jefferson back I think that they should uh they were really high on her as the season closed out as it should have been she was fantastic she really found her place um I think to me, like, no, you don't get a true center necessarily, but I still think Haley's the pretty clear pick here for me. Like, I would, again, like, to me, the the position, like, I, I know a lot of people will point to center saying that's the position that you really need in the W, and I think yes to a degree. Um, but also to me, it's more like having versatile forwards because, like, there aren't a lot of super versatile wings who can handle the ball, shoot, create their own shot. I wouldn't necessarily call Haley a wing, but I think in terms of having a front court tandem of Haley and and Nafisa, who can both, uh, I think the idea of, of eventually is Haley becoming more of a shooter. Um, that's probably, I mean, not probably, that's definitely the biggest swing skill in her arsenal. If you're going to get the most out of a forward who can play make, they have to be able to shoot and and garner closeouts. Um, so I think the idea of having two players who can who are plus playmakers at, at the in the front court uh, will being you know first how offensively um and i i think to me haley makes a lot of sense here uh and would just be really interesting with that roster like you already have um you know aerial powers who quietly like she again she's still uh she can have some inconsistency in her game but she was really good for stretches last year um and you know without her being tasked to do quite as much i think that could be good with haley being more of a point forward for them um and same, I mean, again, like Kayla McBride was really good last year. She had a slow start, but um, I think that would just be a ton of versatility in, in what they have on the wings and forwards. Um, so I'd be really interested in that. So coming oh, up, and, we'll analyze. Oh yeah, oh, go ahead, Richard. Come on up, we'll analyze the rest of the lottery and what it means for each team. First, let me tell you guys about Prize Picks. Let me tell you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting this season. Find all your latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and articles and analysis on every game you can find. The fastest and easiest way to find out all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Remember, Locked Women's Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter most to the, the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and by, behind the scenes with local experts and analysis only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. 
So we can, we can continue talking about what we had with Minnesota at number two. So like you said, Mark, Minnesota will have they have an opportunity to get a build continue to build with that wing front court tandem. They also have a pick at number twelve, so we'll see what they can build there when they bring another guard to their room. What kind of interests me with Minnesota last year? I just feel like I don't know. They, they were just missing something on the wing. I feel like I don't. Uh, that was my main thing with them. I just feel like they're missing something on the wing. But I think just adding more ball handles is super important for them. So, and I'll I'll send you Joshua. Let's let's talk about Atlanta at number three. Uh, what are you thinking here? Uh, with uh, the pre- pre- presumed Leah Boston and Haley Jones are off the board at number three. What are you thinking? Yeah, um, honestly, I feel a lot more confident. Like last year, I was wanting to get the lottery pick more than this season because um, there is that foundation laid and everything with Ryan Howard. Uh, and then in the front court, um, Cheyenne Parker, who I think is really underrated. So um, right now, uh, I, I would be leaning towards Diamond Miller if she's able to get healthy. She was just so explosive um, her sophomore season, like just the way she can take over a game and would be able to – um, feed off of Ryan. Uh, that's just something that's crucial for the dream uh, in this draft and potentially in free agency, just getting someone to take the pressure off of Ryan and not so much as dependent on her as far as creating offense. Um, I'm also big on Rakia Jackson, who I thought really uh, started coming together uh, in the second half of the last game against uh, UMass. I, I think she's someone that's definitely explosive as well and has some moves. Uh, and uh, Charisma Osborne is on a, a lot of people's boards at three, and I think she's the best um, pure shooting guard. Like, if you've listened to previous episodes, um, I like players that are able to contribute in multiple ways. Like, if their shot isn't falling, they're still able to make an overall positive impact, and Charisma Osborne is definitely um, meets that mold. Um, especially rebounding this year, I, I think she's been able to be more aggressive. Uh, she's had double-doubles, uh, I believe in all three games so far and just a, a lethal shot. Yeah. Uh, any w- one of those three players, um, I would be thrilled to have a three for Atlanta. Uh, what about you, Mark or Hunter? Um, yeah, no, I think it's a good question. I think to, I, I'm right there with you. It would be between Rakia and, and Diamond for me right now. Um, I think last year we saw they really need to add more in the front court. Um, like, like you mentioned, I thought, I mean, Cheyenne played out of position at the five most of last year, and she was awesome there. I thought she was a borderline all-star. Um, but I also think, especially behind her, they really need more depth. Um, and that's not saying that Rukia or um, uh, or uh, or Diamond is necessarily feeling that. I think they're more like looking at combo forward mold. Um, obviously, I know you are all aboard the Azure Stevens uh, sign and free agency hype <laughs> <Yes>. train. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really like Rakia. Um, every time I watch her, I feel like a lot's going to depend that I, I feel like every time I talk about a forward, it's going to be, what does their shot get to? But Rakia shows just a lot in terms of her face up and drive game that I'm super encouraged by. Like she's good at finishing through contact. Um, she has multiple ways to attack off the dribble and, and still be effective getting to, to the rim and, um, drawing fouls as well, even if she's not scoring. Um, I like her uh, her reactivity on defense. Um, Tennessee's defense has been a little bit of a mess for me the first two games, um, but I think she's kind of stuck out. She's not like a great passer, but I think at her position, she's pretty good. She's good at doing things connectively. Um, 
So I'm excited about her. I need to watch more of Diamond. Um, I think for me, again, adding just more dynamic playmaking is important. And she brings that. Um, I think, again, a lot's just going to depend on how the rest of her scoring and everything rounds out. But, um, yeah, for me, like, I I could see them taking a guard. But I feel, especially with the strides Ari McDonald made last year, um, and I, if I remember correctly, Erica Wheeler said she wants to come back to Atlanta. Not that that, again, not that, that should hinge on everything. But um, I do feel like, to me, it's just a lot more of, like, building out the wing room and in the front court. Yeah, building up. Yeah, like you said, with the wing and front court, they didn't have a lot of shooting in the front court last year. We had Nas Hillman, Monday Billings, and then Cheyenne Parker. All three of those players didn't generate closeouts from three, and I don't know how much we'll see with like someone like Diamond Miller, who's got the shooting questions herself. But the talent's undeniable. I think she's super athletic, uh, dynamic on defense in the open court. That's kind of the stuff that um, Tanisha Wright looks for in the in her. Well, forwards and wings to begin with, just having a lot of versatility, play up, play up tempo, uh, generate turnovers. So yeah, that kind of stuff is going to be big for them. So let's go to number four. At we have Washington at number four. So Washington's a lot of talent. They're a team that's in playoff contention, but they continue to have these lottery picks. Continue to stockpile young talent to pair with their veteran talent. Um, my biggest thing for them is probably adding some guards that can be versatile shooters. So we have a couple of those here with J.C. Sheldon and Charisma Osborne. I know you're big on um, Charisma, uh, Joshua. If you want to like kind of speak on how, how you think that fit would be with her in Washington. Yeah, um, especially this season, like I discussed earlier, like her having – uh, more versatile and talented teammates due to like injuries last season and what they brought in recruiting wise. Uh, she's really being able to play her game more. And I, I see why multiple people have her at that third overall selection. And if, if the Mystics have uh, that fourth overall pick, uh, I think they absolutely need to get her. I think she fits a, in a need for um, the Mystics and having uh, a dynamic shooter. And again, someone that can just contribute in multiple ways, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I know you're huge on, on Sheldon and her um, efficiency shooting, so I, I could see them going that direction as well. Like um, having someone, she's also like as much of a playmaker as a shooter in Charisma Osborne. If you're looking more pure shooting, um, they may go the J.C. Sheldon route and everything because they have Natasha Cloud who um, that offense revolves around and everything. So I'd, I'd be, I'm really curious to see which direction they go and what they feel will take them to the next direction. Like you said, it's amazing. Like a team that made the playoffs and was a top five team uh, is being able to be in the lottery again. Yeah. What are your so thoughts, I, Mark? I, I like that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I like the J.C. Sheldon fit. My only problem is Washington has one of the lower paces in the league, so they're more a team that's going to settle into their motion offense in the half court. I don't know if that fits with what J.C. Sheldon's game is just because she plays so up-tempo um, in Ohio State system. That was also the same system that um, Kelsey Mitchell and um, Kelsey Plum also played in, in college, similar systems. So I'm just kind of interested to see, like, how that would how that dynamic would work out just trying to adjust to that pace. But the talent's undeniable. I think she can definitely settle into uh, that system just because she's so dynamic with her – um, as like a combo guard. Uh, I know Mark. I know you're a big combo guard guy, right, Mark? Of course. Yeah, I love a combo guard. Um, yeah, I, I like JC. Um, I'm not sure I'd 
like again, I, I need to do more in-depth stuff on kind of the back end of this class still. Um, I'm not sure I'd be here with her um, to the Mystics for a lot of the reasons you just brought up. Um, mainly, I think that they need a more dynamic wing, um, which I feel like I'm going to say that about every team. But I think this team kind of makes sense for Jordan Horston. A lot's going to depend, again, on her shot. But I think for me, one of the biggest issues last year was in the half court, they could really stagnate. Um, because and this is not like like Alicia Clark is still a very good player, especially defensively. The shot is good for her, but I think once you are asking if you're running Alicia Clark off the line, what's happening? I think that was an issue for them a lot of times. Like Tori Walker Kimbrough, I thought was really good last year, but uh, she's an unrestricted free agent. I wouldn't be surprised at all if she comes back, but again, I think just adding more depth because Tori is like more of a combo guard than a true wing. Um, so, you know, especially to like Jordan brings more size at that spot. I think she brings a little bit more of like downhill ability and, and playmaking. Um, and I think that just adds more dynamism. But I don't really view them as a team that like I, I think you could bring in somebody like Diamond or, or Rakia. But I think just based on how their roster is set up right now, um, I view them much more as a team that like needs to bring in like a two or a three that can that can create off the bounce a little bit. Yeah, there's Makes a lot sense. of if yeah. you shoot kind of players in this. Yeah. Hey, you can go. Oh, I was just saying, thank, I'm so thankful um, Jordan Horston's only out day to day. Like that fall yeah. looked rough. Um, I was really concerned it was going to be a, another longer term injury. Uh, so, really thankful that we're going to see her again soon. But uh, what were you about to say, Hunter? So, after the. Oh, I was saying after the break, we'll quickly run through our thoughts and scouting notes from week one of the college season. And we're back. So let's start with what, what we saw from Jordan from Jordan Horson. As we said there, um, against against Ohio State, she was the best player on the court uh, for most of that game for, for, for Tennessee. I was really impressed with just her creation ability. I think she's her operation and pick and roll. I know Mark posted a video on Twitter of just her passing. I think the passing's Super intriguing. I know she's got some turnover things to deal with, just like her processing. Like she, she knows what she's trying to do, but she just kind of makes decisions too quick. Um, just kind of that stuff. But I know we have a, we have the injury stuff we have to deal with with her. Uh, she missed last the end of last season as an injury as well. So it's another wrinkle into the um, lottery mix. Trying to decide. Like I don't think we have as clear of a lottery compared to last year. The top two is super clear, but like I think Shakira Austin like kind of settled into that lottery pick by the time we got to like. December. Mm -hmm. So this year it could be a little bit more open, especially if Diamond Miller doesn't get healthy. So I don't know if you uh, if you have anything to add from what you saw from Jordan Horson against Ohio State, Mark. Um, I think her defense is still going to be a work in progress. Um, like she can do some things that are interesting at the point of attack. I don't love her screen navigation. I think she can be like a little bit over aggressive. Um, but those are things that like rain in and whatnot. She's a really dynamic athlete too. Like I really like watching just the way that she plays. She's really flexible. Um, she's pretty slithery with the ball in her hands. So like you mentioned, like her ability to create out of ball screens is really good. Cause I think that was something that the team lacked last year. Um, like as much as, and this is again, like Ariel Atkins and Natasha Cloud are both like all-star level players. But I think the issue right now is like Cloud is so good creating out of ball screens for others, but it's just actually scoring herself, I think is always going to be something that we, I would like to see more of. Um, she, again, it kind of ebbed and flowed last year. The shot really came and went. Um, she was really good on catch and shoots, but again, it's just the pull-up three has not been there for her, and she's always going to command the unders, it feels like. Errol Atkins is 
incredible, incredible shooter, really good on pull-up twos as well. But it's just, okay, is she going to get to the rim? I feel like I'm always like, ah, what if there were just like a couple more steps and she got to the rim? And again, that's she still brings really awesome things like, as a contested shot maker. I think Jordan Horston is like kind of that bridge in between. Um, I really like her ability to draw fouls too. Um, like I think that's something that she could really grow into at the next level because she has the ability to really get downhill. Um, and just like, again, like adding like a third player who can create out of ball screens like that and one who maybe adds a different dynamic is really interesting to me. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with what Joshua said too. I'm just glad that she's only day to day because that was a very scary fall in that game. Um, like you mentioned too, with the turnovers, I think that's going to be big too. To be fair, I don't think a lot of not not that you're saying it was on her, but I don't think a lot of the turnovers were on her. Um, and I think that's part of it too, is like she's being cast as a guard right now, but to me, she's really a lot more of a wing than a guard, um, especially in how she plays defense too. Like um she's profiles a lot more as a three to me than than where she's at playing as a one or two. And like Tennessee handling that the the trapping and just overall pressure from Ohio State was a mess in that game. Um, that's going to be something that they're going to have to work on because they just – I mean, I, I didn't get to watch the UMass game in entirety, but, um, yeah, that's – if I'm any team in the country right now, I'm just saying, all right, we're going to three-quarters court press you guys the entire game and see how it goes uh, because it'll probably work out a lot better for us than for you. But. Yeah. me. No, that was a tough – Yeah, we were watching that live, and that was like – I don't know. It was it was horrendous. They got like I think like there was like one time in the second half where they had like back to back like uh, violations in the backcourt. It was like it was awful. Like it was, no, that was just gonna like, say like to be fair, it was just a lot of their team, their guards, uh, just and that kind of it was just tough for them. But what'd you have to say, Joshua? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say like that. That was a really tough matchup uh, to have like a newer roster play play against the first time and it was on the road like yeah. <laughs> that was a really hard task you had jackson playing her first game you had jasmine franklin that was transferred over the point guard um jasmine powell uh had just come over for the first time like that that was really <laughs> a, a tough assignment so yeah I, I thought they looked better in the umass game and we'll see where it goes from here they have some other tough opponents coming up definitely you want to talk about quenisha lockett uh, of course, like I, I have to bring up Quenisha Lockett, you being a Toledo grad, and I just really liked her film um, last season uh, when I was watching Deasha Fair at Buffalo and CC Hooks at Ohio. Like um, she just really stuck out, and uh, I, I watched a bit of her game last night uh, where she scored twenty seven points, and uh, she has some opportunities to put herself on people's draft boards potentially with games against Duke and Michigan coming up. Um, have you had a chance to? Um, watch her at all so far this season? Yeah, so I watched the uh, – I have to watch their game against Canisius um, still, but I watched the first game. Um, she's she's really good, man. I think – and, again, maybe I'm biased because I, I think I told you this, but Kanisha is actually the first player I ever interviewed in basketball. Um, so I was at Toledo working for the student news, and I was like when I first realized, I was like, oh, you know, I want to cover basketball. I thought then she was really dynamic and interesting because she was coming off of – I think she was – I, I'm trying to remember if she was Mac freshman of the year. I don't think – I think she made, like, uh, all Mac rookie team her freshman year, but she was really interesting and dynamic already. Then she's really athletic. She's really quick. Um, I think the big thing is it's just got to be the shot for her. Like, her shot has been um, – like, her sophomore year, her shot was – I'm pulling up her 
for hoop sacks. I'm remembering. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, her sophomore year. Yeah, her shot really popped her sophomore year. It went away a little bit less, like more than a little bit last year. But I think based on her indicators from the free throw line, like she's been a good free throw shooter for a couple of years now. I think that that's going to stick. Um, she's a good passer. Uh, I think defensively is where I like her most. Like she's really active. She has good hands. Um, she makes good rotations. She doesn't get caught napping off the ball. Um, and she can just be impactful anywhere. The, one of the bigger things, like to me, uh, it's w- why the shot really has to be good is she's a lot more of a two projecting out for me than a three. Like I think she'll be able to play the three at times, but she's probably closer to five ten than, um, than, you know, like six foot. And I think not that that's everything, but she's a little bit slighter too. Um, so to me, she just projects out more as, as, a, as a two. But again, like really dynamic driving ability. Um, she brings a lot of things that I just really like. And I think she's somebody that could end up as a first rounder. I know, again, like I think it probably sounds rich coming from somebody who is a Toledo grad um, with my biased background. But um, I don't know. Every time I watch her, I just think if – if, if people really believe in the shot and a team really buys into what she can be, I think that she's somebody who could be a really dynamic and interesting player in the league for a while. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't at all be surprised if she ends up as a first-round pick, especially like you mentioned, the Michigan and Duke game is going to be really big for her and for Toledo in general because this is this is a team that is – this is a very talented team. Like not, not necessarily someone who has a draft roster, but like Sophia Wired, really good. Um, that team overall just – I'm I'm excited about what what they could do this year. Yeah, no, I I'm agree with you. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I'm, I was just saying I'm excited to see her against Celeste Taylor. I think that's gonna be an interesting matchup because mm-hmm. Celeste is one of the better the better defensive cards in the country. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting from a draft standpoint to see her against like one of the better guards. It's probably a WNBA caliber defender. So yeah. I think I think there's a lot of interesting stuff with her. Um, her utility uh, as a as a ball handler and a utility uh, as a defender. So. I'm I'm excited to continue watching her. Thanks for making Locked On Wins basketball your first listen. For, for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks.